Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. For, 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 all, things, for, for all things KC, for everything Chiefs, it's always, it's always game day in Kansas City. Now, here's your host, Kayla Kinnearum and Cody Tapp. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me is my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Guys, Thanksgiving week. We made it. Do we have big plans? Um, I only have one Thanksgiving to attend on the actual Thanksgiving day. A rare Ooh. thing for me. So, I don't know, probably get day drunk or something. It feels right. <laughs> Should we go through the entire Chiefs roster. Actually, the better way to do it, let's go through your entire Thanksgiving plate and attribute each player to a different dish. It'll take us 30 minutes and that'll be the whole episode. <laughs> just who's the turkey? Who's hey, the ham? Who's the mashed potatoes? Yeah, who's the mashed potatoes? Can we just do that one and then we'll call it good? Who's the mashed potatoes of this Chiefs team? A necessity, like has to be in there. One of the best things on the plate, it's Travis Kelsey. It's already oh. one of the best things on the plate and it's on everyone. Like if anyone got to choose, you'd be like, all right, look, you're only going to get one side. A lot of people would choose mashed potatoes. Is he also the gravy or is someone else the gravy? I think he's the gravy as well. The yeah, mashed potatoes and the gravy. Okay, yeah, okay. Now, the whole deal. Let's each take a different dish. Kayla, um, see, this oh. is going to be very revealing. I'm going to give you a polarizing one, and we'll find out if you either love this player or hate this player. Who is the cranberry sauce of the Chiefs team? I don't eat cranberry sauce. Exactly. So who's the player that you hate on the Chiefs roster? Oh, I can't say that. I love everybody. I know. You I can know. say who doesn't play. They don't make it on your plate, Kayla. So it's really just who doesn't play. Like this would have been Sky Moore last week. I was, that's what was on the tip of my tongue. I didn't want to say it. <laughs> yeah, but he played. He had a good game. So that's not. All right, Nick. Your who's yours, Nick? Stuffing. Yeah. Stuffing, Let's turn Nick. this thing around. Yeah. Who's the stuffing on your plate? Guys, I don't like stuffing. Oh, I'm indifferent about stuffing too, actually. So, unfortunately, Clyde Edward Delaire is my stuffing. Sorry. And it's Uh. nothing against him, just like it's nothing against stuffing. It's not that I hate stuffing, it's that there's something else I like more. You know? What is that? (laughs) What do you like more? I go double, I go double on the on the mashed potatoes. I'll go corn. I like the Brussels sprouts. Yes. That's what I make. So I, yeah, that's the thing. The Brussels, who's the Brussels sprouts of this team? Who's the thing that like, not everybody loves, but you need it to but it's balance needed. out the plate. You need it to balance out the plate. It's healthy. It's good for you. It's not your favorite, but you have to have it. Who's that for the chiefs? Ooh, 
It's it's offensive lineman or linebacker. It's either like Nick Bolton or it's like Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey is a very Brussels sprouty. <laughs> <laughs> or like Blake Bell when healthy. Like <laughs> yeah. A blocking tight end. Yeah. You know? yeah. We got to have this, okay? You got to eat your greens. What do you have with your Brussels sprouts? You throw some bacon in, some balsamic. I, I usually oh, cook yeah. them. I usually exactly. cook them in bacon fat. So hey, here's even better. Well, a uh, life hack. You ever? You guys know smashed potatoes? Where you? Yeah. Smashed Brussels sprouts. Try it. <gasps> yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm a, it's gonna yum. Blow, it's gonna blow your mind. Good start to this podcast. I think. <laughs> I'm sorry for derailing it, but that was highly enjoyable. No, I think I think it's good. <laughs> I could talk about food all day. All right. Well, we're also going to blow your mind with this podcast, guys, starting with the Chiefs pass rush has been quietly dominant this year. They are fourth in the NFL in sacks and eighth in pressures. Do we think this is sustainable? I'll say this. It is. We are borderline getting to the point of having to say that they're good without any qualifiers as a pass rush. Now, I want to be very clear here before I tell you if it's sustainable or not as a pass rush, not as a defensive line, not just giving the defensive line a pass. Because that would be disingenuous. Chris Jones is great. Dunlap has been good. There's been some other guys who are serviceable. But the pass rush itself is what really makes it. LeJerry Sneed has three and a half sacks. Nick Bolton has two and a half sacks. Willie Gay has two sacks. They get them from literally anywhere. But if you had told me that at week, like 10 games into the season, week 11, that the Chiefs would have the fourth most sacks in the NFL, that would have been shocking information going into the year. You'd have been blown away at that possibility because they weren't supposed to be capable of that. And really, it's on the back of Chris Jones, who's on pace for 15 of them. That's why they're able to get to that number. But I honestly all give Spags a lot of credit here. The creativity he's shown this year in blitzing guys from literally everywhere is why. Chanel and Darius Harris and Gay and Bolton and Sneed have all been a part of the sack game. And I'm just going to assume that that's sustainable because. They can keep blitzing. It would actually be weirdly less less sustainable to me if they were fourth in the NFL in sacks, but Frank Clark had six. I'm like, well, that's not going to last. But blitzing, that's part of who they are. So I really do think that they will keep up this pace. All right, Kayla, I've got something. I already told Cody this earlier, so uh, it's not going to blow his mind, but I am going to try and blow your mind with this stat. Right. Uh, so in 2020, two years ago, mm-hmm. Chiefs finished the season with 32 sacks. Last year, 2021, Chiefs finished the season with 31 sacks, 17 games. This year, through 10 games, Chiefs have 32 sacks. They have already surpassed their season total from a year ago, and there's still seven games to play. This is not, this is not a minor improvement from a year ago. This is a massive leap in sack production, which is huge. Something I don't think any of us expected before this season. Were you guys expecting this to be a massive improvement over last year? Well, before they signed Dunlap, I said, they'll just be a bad pass rush. Then they signed Dunlap. I'm like, okay, they can be average. And then, but average, not fourth, not like let's make some massive increase in the number of sacks they get. No, no one should have seen that coming. That's not what it looked like. But also, I didn't think Chris Jones was going to get 15 sacks again. Yeah. What's been the turning point? do Do we think? I don't know. I mean, it was, it's, it's multiple things, right? So let's go. Let's do an exercise then. If I would have told you before the season, it was going to be a massive improvement over last year. Like, what's the first thing you point to? It's Chris Jones, right? You would have said, okay, if they're going to be much better than last year, then first things first, the non-negotiable, he's got to play like a superstar, which is exactly what you're getting. 
You know what? I I uh, I was looking at the odds today for MVP, right? It's like Patrick Holmes is minus. Uh, 160, and the next closest guy is Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Or like You're about to make plus me 500, plus angry, 550. Cody. I'm going to get really but mad it's, when you get to this. It's fine, we'll, we'll, but it's <laughs> just... So you're like, wow, okay, so Mahomes is a heavy favorite to win MVP. Okay, totally makes sense. The favorite to win Defensive Player of the Year is Micah Parsons. He's minus 250. The next closest player is plus 2,500. Chris Jones is plus 4,000. He is 40 to 1. To win MVP, he has one less sack, one less forced fumble than Micah Parsons. He has the same number of tackle for losses. Explain, Nick. That uh, doesn't make... Explain why why that would be the case. Is this just a Cowboys thing? Is it because the Cowboys are playing at 325 each week when there's only two other games on? I mean, I'm not... Listen, I'm not trying to act like Micah Parsons isn't having an incredible season. Like He should be the favorite. He should be the favorite. Sure. But the idea that he is running away with it, like he would have to completely collapse down the stretch when statistically he and Chris Jones are having almost identical seasons with the exception of one more forced fumble and a touchdown and another, an extra second. I'm not saying that stuff doesn't matter, but when you look at the way that Chris Jones has impacted games, it's just, it doesn't make any sense to me that they're, they're, they're saying that this is Micah Parsons. That, that Micah Parsons would be a bigger favorite to win that award than Patrick Mahomes would be to win the MVP makes no sense to me at all. I know we yeah, yeah. kind of touched on this last week. Like, is it because our offense is louder or, but like, why isn't he getting the credit he deserves? I am with you. It does not make sense. You know what I think it is to that point, Kayla? It's that earlier in the season when Dak was out and they were winning games with mm. their defense. It was like, wow, Micah Parsons is the best player on this team. So, yeah, it does. It, I think that the first two months of the season was where he sort of became the guy to beat because they were winning games on the back of that defense. But the flip side of that is that's a really, really, really talented defense. And he's got really talented players around him. Dorrance Armstrong, former Jayhawk, not a big deal. Seven uh, sacks, yeah, seven, by the way. Kayla, not a big deal at all, but you know, like <laughs> football. Uh, waves in the NFL. <laughs> they have 18 sacks on their defensive line on their defensive line out of the next three guys that aren't Micah Parsons. He's on the way better defense. It, it, I mean, falling short of it, it's bullshit. It's bullshit that the odds are this skewed because there's no way he has played that much worse. T, I looked it up because I was just curious. So I just went TJ Watt was less of a favorite at this time of the year than Micah Parsons is now TJ Watt at this time last year, 13 and a half sacks. What the hell am I seeing here? Like it doesn't, there's no, there's no good logic in why Chris Jones is this far back. Now I know normally betting Kayla, they just be like, well, then you're getting great value because you are, you mm-hmm. can get Chris Jones at 40 to one right now. And there's no reason that it should be this separate. All you are is one Micah Parsons twisted ankle or one three-sack Chris Jones day when Micah Parsons gets zero game away from those odds getting a lot tighter. Now, I don't think Chris Jones is going to win it, but he ought to be in this conversation. And it's offensive that he's not because if his name were Aaron Donald, he would be because he's having an Aaron Donald season in the interior. And that is the biggest reason. But he's Chris Jones, not Aaron Donald. So they're not going to bring him up but, in this conversation. Isn't, aren't these individual awards just as much about the moments as they are than the raw numbers. Like yeah. if you have that MVP moment in a big game where you clinch a win. And we remember that at the end of the year, 
Think about this. Just on Sunday night against the Chargers, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter, the Chargers are down by three. First and 10, Chris Jones gets a sack. Last drive of the game, 31 seconds, Chargers down by three, Chris Jones gets a sack. That's two sacks in the fourth quarter. Two weeks before against the Titans, third and 21, Titans are down three. Chris Jones, Carlos Dunlap get a sack with 2.40 to go in overtime. Uh, Week seven versus the Niners, he gets a sack with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Week six versus the Bills, third and 10, Bills down three, he gets a sack with eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Week three against the Colts, fourth down, Colts down four, five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Chris Jones gets a sack, but it gets the unsportsmanlike conduct penalty because he said mean things to Matt Ryan. That's five and a half sacks in the fourth quarter this year, and four and a half of them were in one-score games. This guy is a closer, and we never, ever, ever say that about defensive players. So if you want to just go off the numbers and hand the award to Micah Parsons, that's fine. But I feel like at some point, the fact that he is putting games away and putting them on ice in the fourth quarter should factor into this discussion. Did you hear that, NFL media? Yeah. Period. Well, sticking with the defense and another player who's had a huge impact, Nick Bolton's play. Has it salvaged the Orlando Brown Jr. trade this year? Uh, And before you answer, one of my favorite quotes from Andy Reid's presser on Monday, he said on Nick Bolton, he prepares like crazy. He doesn't talk a whole lot. He's a quiet guy, but he plays like a tiger. Man, doggone it. We got a doggone it from Andy. (laughs) I love it when that happens. When he said tiger, was he referring to the Missouri Tigers? M-I-Z. I think he was. I think it was a play on words. I think you pulled that quote the second I mentioned there was a Jayhawk doing things (laughs) in the NFL. I'm going to see your Jayhawk and raise you a Mizzou Tiger. Uh UMKC doesn't have a football team. What am I supposed to do here? Go Kangaroos. (laughs) University of Missouri system. So I guess I'll talk about Bolton. There we go. First, the the trade in its own right is not a failure because you've gotten two years of a start of Orlando Brown Jr. And you will, whether he walks in free agency he gets franchise tagged and traded, get some compensation back. It's a lot because if he walks in free agency, you're going to get a comp pick in the third round. Just based on the amount of money he's going to get paid by somebody. All right. So you're getting a third round back no matter what. Gave up the first, late in the first, but you're going to get a late third round back. And you got two years of starting left tackle for a team that will most likely be in the AFC title game both of those years, maybe in a Super Bowl, maybe win a Super Bowl, depending on what happens this year. But the Nick Bolton thing is what makes this trade great. Not just it's salvageable. It's a good trade because if you had just told me for the 31st overall pick, I got a possible 10 year NFL linebacker, even in a non-valuable position, that's a win. That's objectively a win. And he looks like the kind of guy who's definitely going to get a second contract here. Looks like the kind of guy who could be in Kansas city for a while. And so when you look at that, it's already there. Like to me, the Nick Bolton part of this trade is probably the unsung part of it because he's been so good. It has made this trade so much better. I could have just lived with first round pick two years at left tackle because they didn't have anything. But the fact they ended up getting Nick Bolton with the pick they got back from Baltimore makes it great. But am I allowed to say that in that trade, I was hoping to get a franchise left tackle and you didn't get a franchise left tackle. Therefore, I'm still disappointed. I mean, I understand that. No, I'm just saying it's not a bad trade. Like you can look back. Like, oh, I, mean, I agree with that, but it's it's still... It's, I, mean, I don't want to get into a semantics discussion. Yeah, right? You didn't get what you wanted out of the trade. The main goal of the trade was to get a left tackle. But the reason why you took the pick back is you wanted a safety net to protect your ass in case you didn't get that. And yeah. that's what you did. You hit it the feels, pick. You nailed it. It feels like a, nice, a, a great silver lining. It's a great silver lining. And 
I guess if we if you want to even extrapolate that a bit further, it's like, well, the other silver lining from the fact that you're not going to give Orlando Brown Jr. 23 million or whatever it is that he wants in a contract extension is now you've got more flexibility to potentially try and re-sign Juju Smith-Schuster long-term. I'm not mad about that. Maybe it gives you more flexibility to give Chris Jones that inevitable contract extension. I'm not mad about that either. So yeah, I want a franchise left tackle and you sort of make do with whatever you have, but knowing that he wants a lot of money and he's not getting it. And now you got a cheap starting inside linebacker and you've, you've got flexibility to re-sign other guys. It's not the worst thing in the world. I know GMs always claim they don't think this way, but admit that they do at least having Nick Bolton there makes it an easier pill to swallow. If you got to walk from Orlando Brown, like, Oh, that is in fact, I'm like, yes, it does. If all you had done was trade your first round pick and got Orlando Brown Jr. You'd be very tempted to sign him again this off season because you gave up a first round pick. What you're talking about, Nick, you're like, I want to get what we wanted out of this trade. But at least Nick Bolton being around is like, yeah, we didn't do all that bad. I mean, you know, we got two years and we got Nick Bolton. (laughs) And again, they will receive compensation back for Orlando Brown Jr. in some capacity. What I think they'll do is they'll seek out trade partners right before the franchise tag. But again, if they just start him again next year, they can play that game, too. The problem is. He gets so expensive on that third year franchise tag of guaranteed dollars. He makes their cap situation kind of sucky next year. If that's the case, he's much easier to manage cap wise if you extend him. But if you let him walk in free agency, the current projection would have him as you getting a third round pick back. So you would have given up a first round pick. You'd get a two. You'd get a second and a third round pick back, right? You traded a first round pick for a second and a third. And the second you already know is a pro bowl caliber linebacker. That seems like a pretty good deal. And you're not even counting in the two years of actual service time Orlando Brown put in for you for left tackle. Yeah, you still got left tackle problems maybe down the road or even into next year, but at least, but the trade still works. I wouldn't go back and do it differently. Um, quick follow-up to a podcast earlier in the season. I came up with a new nickname for him because I know I threw out Superman, but is the Flash better? Hmm. He's zip, zap, zopping all over the field. Like, comes out of nowhere, makes He's huge what, plays. What was that again? He's zip, zip, zap, zopping. Is that a thing? I actually stole it from my favorite comedian, Heather McMahon. I like the zip, zap, zopping, first off. So You say something else that I like. Dink, doink or something? You've said that a few times. Dink and dunk? Dink and dunk. Oh, and I'm talking about, like, when there are short passes all yes. over the field? Oh, yeah. Dink and dunk. Dink and dunk. Those are just zip, zap, zoink, zip, dink, dunk, doink. <laughs> Just onomatopoeias everywhere. Yeah, we like fun words on It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. Sue us. Drink uh, every time Nick says dink, doink. I don't know. Dink, 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 drink every time I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, I just like, when I think of Nick Bolton, he's just like, I think of just reliability. I think of, yes. oh, it's you versus him in open field. There's a yard of space between you. You're not getting past him. Sorry. Don't care who you are. Don't care if you're Austin Eckler. Don't care if you're Jonathan Taylor. If it's you versus him, open field, one-on-one, he is bringing you down. Like, it's just, it is a security blanket. It is reliability. And that kind of goes to, like, the positional value. Inside linebacker is not one of the flashy, flashy positions. They're not the guys who get $20 million a year because they're not getting sacks. They're not getting a ton of interceptions. They're not locking down the other team's best player. But there is... Something reassuring about just having another position. If you're Brett Veach every single year and you're sort of analyzing the roster, what do we have to do? Where do we add? Really nice to have a guy who's in year two and you're just looking at that position and saying, 
we don't even have to think about inside linebacker for the next four years. Exactly. Let us give thanks. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus All right, guys, it is time for our weekly vibe check. Where are we at this week? I'm going to go. My my vibe is related to the holiday. It is Thanksgiving Uh, tomorrow after all. That's fine. It's on theme. Two weeks in a row, you guys are double dipping on vibe. It's on theme. (laughs) Mine is is related to tryptophan. That's my vibe, tryptophan. This game is boring, and I don't want to watch it. I thought Rams Chiefs was going to be fun, and instead... (laughs) I'm looking forward to this game almost zero on Sunday. They're 12-point favorites against a miserable Rams team who never got off the ground this year. The Chiefs are better. The stars for the Rams don't excite you. The matchup is not fun. It doesn't feel like we're getting Rams-Chiefs 50s game from a couple of years ago in 2018. It's tryptophan. I'm ready to sit, maybe take that like, they're up 15. I'm off the following Monday nap during this game. I'm not excited for this game. I know we do a cheese podcast, but every game is not equally exciting. This one is boring. I'm bored by its existence. Well, that's how he feels about that. You want me to go next <laughs> or do you want to go, Kayla? Okay, ours is actually nothing alike. Um, my oh, okay. vibe check is, and now we feast. I oh, just picture like I like that. Our um our team at a table, cartoon characters, Andy reads at the head, carving the turkey. Guys, we are eight and two, first in the AFC, tied for second in the league. We have seemingly locked up the AFC West. We can all gather around the table and enjoy happy Thanksgiving because we made it to the promised land. From here on out, it is up to us to up to us to maintain that lead spot, to do our best to win every game from here on out. Um, take it one day at a time, one week at a time, one game at a time, try and make another Super Bowl run. Um, we have the Rams on deck, as Cody just mentioned. And no, we shouldn't think we can skate past them, but I feel pretty confident that we can just enjoy this week and enjoy our Thanksgiving in peace. All right. Well, now, now I feel cut- bad. I don't have a Thanksgiving themed <laughs> vibe. I didn't know we were going this route, guys. I w- it was the day before Thanksgiving. What did you, you know? It's just on my mind. Here? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to work in. I'm going to work in a, a Thanksgiving word. Just I, I don't, it'll happen at some point. Um, OK, like uh, pilgrim or what? What's the word you're working in here? Cornucopia. Yeah. Boom. OK, listen, my vibe, my vibe is Oprah. My vibe is Oprah. You know why? We all get cars. The Oprah gif. 
You get a car, you get a car, you get a car. No, it's this offense. You get a roll, you get a roll, you get a roll. There are nine guys, nine guys on the team who already have over 100 yards receiving, and Kadarius Toney and Jody Fortson are both going to get there. Tony's got like 69. Uh, Jody Fortson has 76 after that 41-yard bomb he brought in last week. Listen, this offense is exactly, exactly what Patrick Mahomes said it was going to be at the beginning of the season. I didn't believe him. I thought it was going to be all Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, but he looked you in the eyes and he said, this is what the offense is going to be. And I was like, no, it's not, but thanks. And it's exactly what it's been. Everybody gets involved. What happens last week when you're without your number one receiver, your number three receiver, Kadarius Toney, your shiny new toy goes down, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, your number one running back goes down? Oh, we're just going to throw three tight end sets out there all game long, and you're not going to be able to stop it. Oh, Sky Moore, the guy that's been in the doghouse all year who we can't play, guess what? He's getting involved tonight as well. Every single player on this team, on this offense, if you are a skill position player for the Kansas City Chiefs, you will have a role and not just a role like, hey, stay ready when your number's called. Like, no, week after week, we are going to find ways to get you involved. Andy Reid is Oprah. I love the way that he is utilizing the cornucopia of weapons that he has at his disposal. Boom, Thanksgiving reference. We can I thought it was roles for a second. Are we all supposed to sit around now the podcast and say the things we're thankful for? I am thankful for Juju Smith-Schuster. It's made this transition Same. at wide receiver much better. You can say a different player, but I'm th I am thankful for him if we're doing that as part of this podcast as well. We've talked turkey. We did this stuff. Feels very right that we would also include some other Thanksgiving theme stuff. I'm a little disappointed, Nick. You should have made one of those like hand turkeys and stuck it on the back of the wall as, a, as an adult. <laughs> oh, like, they, like they made it like <laughs> gardeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm thankful for Pacheco making running the ball fun again. Yeah. And I'm and I'm thankful for Jody Fortson for just being the man that he is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And on that note, guys, there are seven weeks left in the season. How many teams are legitimate Super Bowl contenders and go? I think the answer is four. Um, Chiefs bills. Mm -hmm. Let's just go ahead and assume that those guys are on all of our lists. Tempted by Miami. They've never won a single postseason game and they got a rookie head coach. It doesn't feel like that stinks of a Super Bowl winning team. Like when you put those things together, even though they got more offensive talent than just about anyone else in the league, probably more than anyone else in the league. And then in the NFC, I think it's Philly and Dallas. I'm kind of tempted to include the 49ers, but I've never taken Jimmy G all that serious. So I'm probably going to just continue not doing that. So I think it's four: Chiefs, Bills, Eagles, Cowboys. You're out on the Vikings. Yeah, I, you know what? I'll be honest. I was looking for a reason to not believe in them. And then they, and then they looked really terrible. And I'm like, all right, perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. I was just looking for a reason to not believe in them. So that made it easy. Are you still in on the Vikings, Kayla? A little, that was an ugly game last weekend, but I don't know. They've played in some good games, so I'm not ready to quit them yet. They did beat the bills. albeit the bills sort of beat themselves in that game, but. And we thank them for that. Well, it would be tough for me to sit here and say they would have no shot against the Bills. But it's like, well, we didn't beat the Bills. Yeah, tough to say. Um, I, I think the top of my head, the answer is five because Chiefs, Bills, Cowboys, I would throw in the Niners and the Eagles. I just don't believe in anybody in the NFC. And I know it's going to be the Chiefs or Bills out of the AFC. But then again, I don't think I'm giving any of those NFC teams a, a chance to beat the Chiefs or the 
Bills in the Super Bowl. So actually, I'm I th- actually it's just two. It's just the Chiefs or the Bills. <laughs> the Chiefs <are> the Bills. <laughs> Somebody from the NFC can beat them. So it's two teams: Chiefs or Bills. Pick one. Yeah, I mean seriously, is wouldn't it be really tough? I know I get it. Anything can happen in one game, right? But when you see those two quarterbacks, right? Because we the, the the Niners and the Eagles and the Cowboys might be the three most complete rosters in the NFL. They are just like yeah. Eagles, incredible offensive line, great defense, unbelievable corners. Their weapons on the outside are fantastic. But Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts. He's been good this year. He's an MVP candidate, but he's not Patrick Mahomes or, or Josh Allen. And that's just kind of where I'm at. Like, look at how that game ended against the Chargers. And, and Justin Herbert's good, better than any of those NFC quarterbacks I just mentioned. When you got Mahomes and Allen, they're just going to find ways to win. They're just going to beat you because those teams' quarterbacks are better than your quarterbacks. It's just tough for me to imagine anybody beating those teams in, a, in, in, a, in the Super Bowl. So I do feel like it's going to be Chiefs or Bills. Are you going to pick a team out of the NFC or no? He didn't think they can win the Super Bowl. No, the just no I won't. Win. I think there are two. My answer is two. That's how many. Oh, okay. Okay. Who do how you think do you will think get to the Super Bowl, though, from the NFC? I think it's the Niners. Oh. The Niners, okay. I think, I just think in this, I think they said this in the broadcast last night. Jimmy Garoppolo, for whatever you want to say about him, his understanding of that offense is good. top tier. It's like it, what it reminds me of is Alex Smith under Andy Reid. It's like, yes, that quarterback has limitations, but the play calling is so good. And he's got better weapons there than Alex Smith had because he, Alex Smith just had the, like, the beginning of, of Tyree kill and Travis Kelsey becoming stars. But when you think about Christian McCaffrey, Brandon, Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, in, in that an incredible scheme, I just wouldn't be shocked to see like a Chiefs Niners rematch in the Super Bowl this year. Ooh. Look, I'm with you, actually. For, um, for me, it's I don't want to say anyone other than the Chiefs in the AFC. <laughs> I'm that person. But Chiefs, Bills, Dolphins. I don't see them getting out of the playoffs. That's the interesting one, right? Is is anybody going to be bold enough to say that they could see the Dolphins making it to the Super Bowl? No. They're going to have to be the yes, Chiefs the and the Bills. They'll have to be the Chiefs and the Bills. They'll have to be them both. Yeah. That's Didn't they? Wait, did they beat the Bills yet this year? Yeah, it was they did. Yeah, that was that weird game where the Bills had like 600 yards of offense and still lost. And the Dolphins had like 187 and one. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> I like that for us, actually. Lose to the Bills in the regular season, beat them in the playoffs. Everyone else is doing the opposite. Love it. Um, NFC, it's a toss-up. Eagles, Vikings, 49ers for me right now. Do we think the Cowboys can get there? I have the, I have the Cowboys as the yeah. third best team in the NFC. I would go right now, I would go Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. That would be my top three. That would be my top three for them. For the sake of this, I wrote up Tom Brady already, so yeah. so I'm done there too. That would probably be four if you made me guess teams who could make the Super Bowl and maybe yeah, rank them in the this NFC. Is dumb. This is dumb. The 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 Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. Come on, what? <laughs> yeah, come on. We know how this goes. We he know how bad. this goes. They play bad all season, and then all of a sudden they they get in with like seven losses because their division stinks, and then they just kill the NFC on their way to the Super Bowl. Is that even considered a hot take? At this point. 
No, it can be. Hmm. Okay. Well, there we have it. I think the only team winning is the chiefs, but those are the ones I would pick getting to the super bowl. All right, guys, Andy Reid is toying with the league. Uh, he said he ran the same play last year to beat the chargers once again this year. He's just messing with everyone at this point. Such a savage that Andy must be nice to just be so much smarter than everyone else that you can on a press conference on Monday, look into a camera and say, fuck you. You can't do anything about it. I just did the same play. Okay. Okay. You lose for editorial editorial reasons. We need, (laughs) we need to specify that is not a direct quote from Andy Reid. Are you sure? Andy Andy would never use the F word. Yeah. Andy's Andy is a polite young man, so he doesn't talk like that. And we're not going to, Put words into his mouth and have PR <laughs> calling us tomorrow. That's pretty much Andy saying, fuck you, man. He, you know, he wouldn't normally open the email. It's like, mm, I know Travis said that. And then I thought for a half a second he was going to say, ah, you know, and then he was like, I mean, there's a motion difference. And he tries to like make some excuse. And then he's like, yeah, fuck you. I did it. There's nothing you could do about it. It's the same play. I did the same play to you that I beat you on last year. Like, do you even watch tape? That's how it felt like. But Andy's not even a mean guy. Andy, I know, even I in a know. nice way, he's not going to say something mean. I think he was just speaking matter of factly. Like, no, we have run that play before. He was like, yeah, it was, it was similar with a little, you know, variations here and there. But just imagine like it's the that. same. Yes, basic. Yes, he's like, it's the same play. We ran this, but it's it's not just that. It's like in the moment, Nick, there's only like a minute left in that game. It was like 40 seconds left in the game. You're like, remember that play we ran to beat them last year? I bet they don't. And let's run it. <laughs> and it was just like, that takes balls. Teams watch tape. They know what you're going to do. Things are supposed to look the same. And it's just like, and yet Andy is messing with the league because he remains. And this is credit to him. This is why he's one of the all time great coaches. Is it have been easy to just like rest on the things we know he does well? He is so inventive in that game. They averaged 10 yards of play at a 13 personnel. Most teams in the league don't even run that. Okay. Most teams in the league. Don't run three tight end sets anymore. And they averaged 10 yards of play on it. Thanks to the catch from Jody Fortson, obviously. But they they, they just do whatever they want. They're creative. They're inventive. And yet, even in a moment, they're like, I know this play is going to work against you. And there's nothing you can do about it. And I don't care that Derwin James is on Travis Kelsey. We're going to run it anyway. And it worked again. It does feel like at times they mess with the league more than anyone else on offense. Well, it's I don't know if it's messing with the league as much as it is. Who has a deeper Rolodex of plays than Andy does? It's like you can't even count on him running the same play twice. Yeah. And so we talk all about the innovation and the play calling and it's all fantastic. But one of the things I don't think we discuss enough with Andy is the, the recall of knowing what's worked in the past or, or setting something up like, we talked about this maybe week three or four with some of the, the touch pass stuff that they run near the goal line where a lot of times they're running a play, not necessarily to because they think it's going to be gangbusters, but because they know if I run this play now with this player doing this one thing, I'm going to run it again in two weeks. You'll have watched film on it. So you'll be like, Oh, we know this watch out him. And then boom, new wrinkle. You didn't have it covered. And we score a touchdown on it. That sort of stuff, and it can be from three weeks ago or three years ago, there is no coaching staff in the league better at that. You can argue that you know Kyle Shanahan's a better run game coordinator or some of the stuff that Mike McDaniel's doing down 
in Miami this year. I'm not saying across the board there's nobody better than Andy. But in terms of of the recall and the setup and knowing what you're thinking we're going to do and then using it against you, he is one of one. And that's another example of it. I was thinking about this the other day. We I feel like this season haven't seen a lot of that Andy Reid trickery that he loves to do. Is that because we've been playing in close games or am I missing that? Or I, I think some of it's the setup punch. Um, what Nick just said, we, we had Nate Taylor from The Athletic on the show this week. and. I, I was complaining about the Michael Burton one yard fullback run. I'm like, oh God, I hate it. And like, that's a moment to be trick, tricky, right? I'm like, it's third and one and you just keep giving it to Michael Burton and I'm tired of watching it. And he just laughed and he's like, just wait because you think you're bored with it now. And then one of those times they're not going to give it to him. And instead it's going to go to somebody else and you're not going to see it coming. And I'm like, oh God, he's right. <laughs> And it's like also, that's some of it. Yeah, it's a big, I, it's a season long setup. Yeah. And I think uh, another part of it is you got so many new pieces now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got Juju MVS. I mean, really it's it, we're really, we're talking about Travis and Nicole as the only guys who know that whole playbook front to back. Now I think part of this, like, I don't think it's that these guys just like, don't know the plays, but I do think maybe, maybe you bring them along. A little bit more conservatively. I don't know. I, it's just a, I hadn't really thought about it much, but I would imagine by the time the postseason gets here, that's when all of a sudden we're going to go, oh yeah. my gosh, they're deep in the bag now. I just really love those trick plays, the ones that come out of nowhere, and you're like, that's Andy Reid. All right. Are we ready for our final score predictions? Oh, by the way, yes, we will not be doing a podcast on Thursday. We are taking Thanksgiving off. So this is our game preview. Yeah. I like how you waited. I like how we waited till the end of the, <laughs> the podcast. <laughs> oh yeah! By the way, guys. By the way, we won't be with you on Friday. We'll be sorry. Be, bad news. You'll probably be with your family anyway. Savor this episode because you're not getting another one till Monday. You could listen to it twice too. Oh, yeah. there we go. Okay. Actually, you should make somebody else you love download it as well. It's important that they hear it for the holidays. Sharing is caring. So <laughs> after dinner on Thursday night, just you know, play it for the entire table. Season Gee. of giving. Yes. Um, Sky Moore is going to get his first career touchdown. And not Hello. only that, he's, he's going to get two in my official score prediction because they're going to destroy the Rams. 35-13, the final. They're at home. They're feeling themselves. And this is a team that I think they've got a good beat on. And honestly, the Rams are playing some of the worst football in the NFL right now. And I don't think that that's going to change just because they're up against the Chiefs and trying to play up a little bit. The offensive line is playing better than at any other point in the season. The running game is better than at any point in the season. I know they're shorter on weapons, but there's a pretty good chance that all these guys could be playing by the end of the week, except for McCole Hardman. So I think the Chiefs win in a blowout. I don't think I call blowouts very often for this team. 35-13, Sky Moore gets a pair of scores. Woo, bold. Okay. Um, yeah. So I don't know how you could possibly pick against the Chiefs in this one. It is shocking to me just how bad the Rams have been this year, specifically on offense. Like this has been a bottom five offense in the NFL. Now Cooper Cup is out. Matthew Stafford gets injury last week. Uh, gets injured last week. So uh, it's specifically on the the ground game. If you go back to the beginning of Sean McVay's time in LA, like that's when Todd Gurley was like an MVP candidate. 
and they were doing all this play action stuff and he made Jared Goff look really good. And now they can't run the ball at all. And the offense has completely fallen apart. So I think this is another big game for the chiefs defense. And since we started the episode with it, I'll close it with it. I think another big performance from Chris Jones. I think this is the game where the rest of the NFL starts to say, okay, this guy might be the best defensive player in the NFL this year. This guy might be a defensive player of the year. So I'm going to say two sack game for Chris Jones and the chiefs defense has their best performance of the year. They win this game 24 to 10 over the Rams. Really shove it in Aaron Donald's face. There you go. And we've even been playing in primetime games where his ability and talent has been on full display. I still don't understand why. Anyway, Sunday night football, he had two game ceiling sacks and everyone's like, Micah Parsons is pretty good, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I am going 35, 21. I'm being generous with the Rams. I don't really know why. Um, I kind of want to go in the forties, but I'll pace myself here. So 35, 21, as far as who's going to have a big game, um, I think Pacheco is going to find the end zone. I like the uh, the progress he's making running the ball, and I'm hoping for a big game for him and a big game for Juju, who hopefully we're getting back. Yes, uh, sounds like he, he picks should. up. Sounds like okay. He hopefully he picks up where he left off. I would love to see him he, get a TD as well. Just real quick, Kayla. Um, yes. You're being too generous with the Rams because, as you had said, they have only scored 21 points twice <gasps> in the Well, then it's definitely not going to happen at Arrowhead. Year. Once was against the Panthers. So just an absolutely like I know who the other team was. I remember the that. other was the Atlanta Falcons. Those Can I are the change two my teams score? they have managed to score 21 points against. Sure, I don't care. It's not too late. What? It, wait, what did you guys pick? I said, I said 35, 13. I said 24, 10. Ugh. I'll go 35, 17. There you go. Take some also, Take away a touchdown. You know, it's, it's the holiday season is here. It's Thanksgiving season, but the only season that really matters is fourth season. So I'm all <laughs> Fort's and touchdown. Okay. We was, I was waiting for that actually. Two Chris Jones sacks and a Jody Fortson touchdown. A perfect holiday weekend for you, Nick. And Jody Fortson. Jody Fortson is is the wine on my Thanksgiving plate. Because oh, you know why? Because I overindulge. I <laughs> overindulge because it makes me feel good, just like Jody does. It's <laughs> a great comparison, Nick. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? I'm just going to go hang out with the family. I am being tasked with making uh, cornbread muffins. So yummy. I'm not the baker. Cody's the baker of the podcast, but I'm going to give it a whirl. Cody, what are you making? Um, so I think I want something chocolate so I could use some advice there. I typically make three desserts for my family. The two I've decided on, I make an apple pie every year, so I'm sticking with it. I'll make the pie dough, the whole thing. Um, and then I instead of pumpkin pie, which I've made, or pumpkin cheesecake, which I've made, I'll be making a pumpkin roll. So like those big, huge, like rolled up Swiss cake rolls. Oh, that are instead. And then, uh, I don't know, something chocolate. I feel like people want chocolate. I just haven't decided what yet. I was considering just like a, like a, like a truffle, something like handheld, small. That's nice. Anything else? Are, just there, like they had at the first there, Thanksgiving, there those chocolate truffles. <laughs> There's a lot in the Tap family. I got six brothers and sisters. Oh, wow. When just us get together, just the six siblings, 
all their significant others, right? I think five people are currently, you know, so it's like now we're at 11, plus there are like 20 kids. So let's toss those in. And other, it's like you toss in just a couple of, I mean, it's like we get to 40 and you don't even invite a single cousin. So it's like you got to have dessert around. It's a lot of people. What do you got on deck, Kayla? Um, well, oh, so my mom's also one of six. So holidays, when we're all together, there's like 60 people. It's crazy. I am not going home. I'm sad. Um, flights were a little crazy. So I am actually going down to San Diego to spend Thanksgiving with my best friend and her boyfriend. Okay, that <laughs> so does not sound all that bad. Gonna be the three of us. We were what are you making? Gonna- we're going to go up to Marin, but then we decided to stay down here. Um. Oh, what am I making? Well, I went to a friend's giving over the weekend and I made a delicious sweet potato casserole with like candied almonds on, not almonds, uh, pecans on top. Okay. That, that was delicious. Amazing. That sounds Shout amazing. out Half-Baked Harvest, which Nick and I are fans of. Um. But for Thanksgiving, I am making Brussels sprouts. There you go. Who do we give the Brussels sprouts to? The Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. There Cook them go. in bacon fat. exactly that is what i'll be doing and i'll probably be you know providing some morning mimosas or something along those lines there you go all right well that is going to do it for us on it's always game day in kansas city once again thank you for listening make sure you subscribe rate and review wherever you get your podcast that is cody tap he is nick schwart i'm kayla canaram hope you all have a wonderful happy thanksgiving enjoy the holiday and we will be back with you all on monday 